This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagan, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing? I am doing well. I'm getting ready for a big Halloween day. Oh, yeah. It's, it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't even picked a costume yet. But, uh, but what's Henry going to be? Oh, you know, I'm, we're debating. You know, Ooh, We're debating, debating between uh, maybe a pumpkin or a ghost. Oh, that's I don't so know. cute. I don't know. Well, my youngest is going to be Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, that's she, a good yes, one. She wants to be, she is everything. She has two brothers, so it doesn't matter what it is. She wants a car a truck anything that's boy (laughs) i'm just excited to implement the dad candy tax that's (laughs) that's that's all i'm really looking forward to doing well nicole let's get right into tonight's show because we've got a a big time guest here that i'm very excited to see me too me too so we have madam secretary lane marshall with us here today and we are going to be talking about a whole host of different topics that she's bringing with us and always a pleasure to have you on the show welcome well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. And thank I have the candy bought, but I don't have my costume oh. either. <laughs> What's your favorite Halloween candy? Uh, Kit Kats. Oh, I do love myself some Kit Kats. You're right there with my wife. <laughs> Those are would the get best. Along. They are very good. The trick is you can't buy the candy too soon. or it's gone and then you have to buy it again (laughs) some wise words yes indeed so what do you i know you have your office takes care of so many different areas and i know you brought with you a whole host of things to talk about today what do we want to discuss first well let's talk about investments today Uh, we have uh, a lot of folks who are on limited budgets we have a lot of folks trying to make their money go as far as it will go and unfortunately there are a lot of folks out there scam artists who are trying to separate uh, folks, seniors primarily, from their money. And uh, that's what we want to do a good education job on. Uh, this isn't uh, totally for senior citizens. All this advice is for everyone. Mm-hmm. But we find that uh, seniors who may be a little bit more isolated, may be a bit more vulnerable to developing a friendship. I'm using air quotes here sure. on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that they just like to talk to somebody. And then those people start talking about investments to them and how, how their money's lasting or not lasting, or do they have any worries about money. And all of a sudden, uh, that is an opportunity for uh, a disreputable person to come in and uh, commit a fraud on any individual, senior or otherwise. So there are some things that our office can do. Uh, primarily, if folks have anybody approaching them, even if they've known them for a long time, the first thing you need to do is contact us, call us, Find out, is this person registered in North Carolina to sell an investment product? So that's really the first line that's of defense. The first line of defense. Uh, the second question they need to ask is to uh, mention the name of the product and find out, is that product registered in North Carolina? If the answer to the first one is no, just you ought to end the conversation <laughs> with that person who's pitching it and walk away and grab onto your checkbook. Uh, if the answer to the first one's yes and the second one is no, that is a serious red flag. Mm. Um, if they're a registered broker, they are selling away, which means that this is a product that their company has not authorized them to sell. The reason the company's not authorized them to sell is it's risky. Mm. And the reason they might be selling them is not just the risk factor, but they get a higher commission off of it to try to push that particular investment. So. Uh, those are the red flags that folks need to need to worry about. 
If people will go online to sosnc.gov, we have a smart investor checklist there. I don't care if it's a cold call or somebody you've met known for a long, long, long time. That is a good piece of information to have right on your lap as you talk to somebody about an investment. It triggers you to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. You know, what actually is the investment? Why would I want to be in this investment? If it is something that has a long range potential, 20 years out there, and you're 70 years old, that's probably not a good idea. So, you know, those are the kinds of questions. How much risk am I undertaking on this? You know, uh, my risk tolerance might be low, and this is a high risk thing if the person is honest about it. You know, those are all red flags. We can give you a lot of other red flags if somebody puts pressure on you. That Make a this, decision today. The deal is only good. Only for good for today. Hours, only yeah. good for today, or you know, by sunset or what have mm-hmm. you. That's to build up pressure on you. If somebody says it's a secret, a secret. Oh, that's not good. I'm only telling you because maybe we go to church together. Get you in on the ground level. Get you in early, or you're just such a good, honest Christian person. I think you deserve this kind of future that this can bring to you playing upon people's emotions there are no secrets out there Um, reputable firms spend a lot of money investigating um, uh, business opportunities before they allow their sales force to sell them Mm -hmm. and sometimes they actually invest in some of these business opportunities so they're not going to waste their money Uh, so a lot of research goes goes into this kind of thing so if somebody's a secret, I mentioned because maybe we go to church together, um, affinity crime, that's where there's a group of people who are together for some purpose other than investing. Mm. And some rogue comes in, potential scam artist, and starts uh, participating with these people. A church is a very, very common, high-profile target wow. for them. People come together because of faith, They come together because of a loyalty to a certain religious doctrine and trust. And those people ought to spend the rest of their lifetime in jail, as far as I'm concerned, because they have moved into one of the most precious areas to any individual person, which is their relationship with a higher power, Mm -hmm. and abuse that. Um, Some of these scam artists have gotten church leaders to put the building fund in investments that have turned sour no this is this is everybody getting sold a bill of goods people kind of lower their guard Mm -hmm. when they're with people in a comfortable setting so another piece of advice is we're we're southerners we're basically polite and nice people we need to be a little bit more rude (laughs) we need to ask those pointed questions and when somebody doesn't give you a direct answer and dances around You need to bring them back to the topic and say, well, I really need to know about this and keep hounding on it till they and if they continue to not give you an answer, that ought to be a red sign, a red flag that they are scamming you, that they don't want to tell you the truth. And they're just trying to diddle and tap dance over the topic and try to get you off balance onto another topic. So those are all techniques that folks use, whether you're a senior or anybody But seniors tend to be a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, We do know that um, two things. Number one, that cognitive cognitive impairment begins to come into folks after certain ages. Right. And the other is that seniors are a target because seniors are the ones with the money. Right. 
Yeah, it's kind of just like Willie Sutton. Why did he rob banks? Well, that's where the money is. <laughs> you know, famous old line. Well, you know, and I think too, um, and then there's the, sort of the other group of seniors, the ones that don't have the money because all of their money is really tied up in the one asset that they have, which is their home. home. And so I think we also see sometimes people trying to, you know, convince seniors to pull out cash out of their homes. And sometimes people are extremely desperate. You know, they have some physical care needs and they can't afford it. So it's all tied up in their homes. Our um, products such as reverse mortgages and things of that nature underneath sort of your realm at an SOS? No, they are okay. not. They are not. They would be something that the attorney general or the banking commission okay. uh, would be a place where you make complaints about mm-hmm. something. Uh, reverse mortgages take a lot of understanding. Yes. A lot of understanding. You need to ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that uh, folks should talk to their family about mm-hmm. or a, a trusted professional. Yeah. And it could um, be the right product for the right person. And you just, and it could things be. have changed. There right. are a lot of sort of myths out there of things that used to occur that there are now so many regulations. Right. I think things have been right. fixed to some degree. And yeah, we've got Secretary of State Elaine Marshall here on the program. And if you have any questions about what we've discussed so far, you're worried about investment fraud, or maybe you've encountered any of the situations that we've mentioned so far, I want to encourage you strongly to go online to SOSNC. Gov. That's the Secretary of State's website. It is uh, very easy to get around and very helpful. You can also call 919-814-5400. We've got a pile of topics that we still want to address with uh, Secretary of State Elaine Marshall while we have her here. So stick around for that. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you for more information, you can go to transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Special guest this evening, we've got Elaine Marshall, the Secretary of State of the state of North Carolina, helping to uh, set things straight for us and and to help us out because she's got a a wide range of duties that she handles. And uh, she is the person that we go to when it comes to making sure that we're making the right decisions. And uh, I know we want to get to charitable giving in just a little bit, but uh, Nicole, we've got a couple more things that we want to address when it comes to investment fraud. Definitely. So take it away. Well, one of the things people really need to know, and you've heard it time and time again, If it sounds too good to be true, it is. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. I can't say that enough. People kind of suspend their intelligence sometimes when folks are pitching these things Mm -hmm. to them. So uh, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Uh We are the place that also has law enforcement authority in this area. So if you feel like you've been scammed, please contact us, make a complaint. We will take telephone complaints, but obviously we will need some paperwork on it uh, at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's better to do it sooner rather than later because some of these are Ponzi schemes where the people go on to defraud other people the next day, the next week, what have you. The sooner we can get on to it, the, the better we can stop it, we can protect people. So don't delay. If, if you get that gut feeling that something's not right, call us and then follow it up. The complaint form is also online. You can print it off and fill it out. 
uh, and and get it to us. I think you probably can fill it out online also, Mm -hmm. Uh, but get it to us. And we have investigators to do this, and then we do the prosecution uh, ourselves also, sometimes in state court, sometimes in federal court. So. so I think some of the um, one thing that I think a lot of people get confused about, especially people who aren't that uh, computer savvy, are some of those phishing schemes that kind of occur where you get an email, it looks like it's from your bank or your investment firm, and then you click the link and you type in your username and password, and then lo and behold, you just gave somebody all your information. Does that type of scam, do you all handle that as well? That is absolutely a fantastic lead-in, uh, <laughs> basically to the next thing I want to talk about. Um the, the general uh, scams that might get you to a bank account, again, would be uh, with the attorney general's office or the banking commission. But the same thing can happen when people are trying to do charitable gifts online. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that we regulate and register at the Secretary of State's office, that is charitable giving, um, charitable solicitation. Mm-hmm. In North Carolina, um, not all, but many of your larger um, charity organizations have to be registered with us. If they pay employees or if they raise over $25,000 <laughs> a year, they have to be registered with us. Yep. The law does have some big exceptions in it. Churches don't have to be registered. Schools don't have to be registered. Youth groups don't have to be registered. But a lot of those folks come to us and get an exemption letter because a savvy giver will say, are you registered with the Secretary of State? And if they say, oh, we don't need to, demand that they show to you that they don't need to. They will have an annual letter from us saying that they are exempt. Uh, So just don't take somebody's word that they don't have to be registered because that may not be true. There can be proof that Mm -hmm. they don't have to be registered. Uh, and also, if they hire a professional fundraiser, they have to be have to be registered with us. So, what we're seeing in this arena is a tremendous amount of fraud. Where you mentioned phishing, sound alike emails that kind of look like mm-hmm. they're from a charity that you think you know the name of. Um, uh, the FBI has told us that uh, there are like thousands of criminals out there who already have stock websites for a hurricane, for an earthquake, oh, for a tsunami, so, so that one of those happens, all they do is put up about four of them or 10 of them or however many, and when the feds take them down, others pop up. It's kind of like weeds in the garden. So it's very hard to stay mm. ahead of these crooks to take them out off of the internet um, to, to protect people. So what, well, that, that ought to raise your hairs yeah. on the back of your neck that you, you know, Cold calls in this area are also the same thing. Definitely. You should never be giving your credit card information to a website uh, that you don't have any connection with or a cold call solicitation to give your credit card information. Um, again, so what about these GoFundMe pages? You, they're well, all over Facebook. and I mean, anytime somebody's sick or anything, I'm getting solicitations for that. Is that, should I be wary? Well, you should be wary. You should be wary. Um, oh. When it sounds like it's an organization, you know, a lot of people have a good heart. And these organizations may start out as a good objective, but do they have the capacity Mm -hmm. to meet that objective? You know, Mm -hmm. if they're not crooks, out and out crooks, do they have a track record of doing this kind of activity? Uh, Doing hurricane relief support is a major uh, undertaking. An organization has to have an infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You can't be just all volunteers who give an hour now and again to, right. to do something. It has to have an infrastructure that involves 
meshing in with the existing services. It involves transportation. It involves logistics. It involves understanding rules and regulations to be able to help people. Um, you know, some well-meaning folks give bad advice to people right. because they're not experienced. So do they have the wherewithal to, to carry out? So mm-hmm. I, I would say, it, it, as a general rule, it might be better to stay away. Give some from, pause. From the GoFundMe, yeah. And we know... And, and people might think, well, it's just for one person if it's a, yeah. um, a homeless person or a well, we medical saw that need. The news, really. But we saw that, you yeah. know, where over $400,000 was raised for a particular individual who had a good heart, apparently, right. and done a good deed. And lo and behold, the people who raised the money only turned over a very small and they amount. Don't, and technically, they don't have to, and apparently. They don't have to, although they went to court because it, it was a scam, yeah. and the judge ordered them to turn it over, and I don't think they have it to turn mm. over, so I don't know where that case is going to end, but I think I know. But, um, you know, so so, it's so do you know anything about, you know, I know that there was a change in the tax law, and, I, and I've heard some people kind of wondering, is, it, you know, is this going to impact my giving if I give this year to a charity? Do, we, do you know anything about how that's going to impact taxes at the end of the year where people might have given 50 or $100 this year? I know charities are concerned about that, that as well. That is above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not a tax lawyer. Yeah. Uh, but basically, it will. it's my understanding that it will affect those who itemize. Okay. They've taken the um, um, standard deduction up, mm-hmm. which would might might get ahead of the amount of if people give small donations right, right, here, right. there, and everywhere else, you know. Um, you know, they're going to be, they're not going to get a benefit from it because they got a benefit somewhere else. Right. Uh, And I think it's going to affect the bigger donors out there, although they have ways to make their donations, (laughs) you know, create another entity, do something. The magic happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, And that's way, way, (laughs) way beyond my pay grade. Way beyond. Let me tell folks also, um, using your caller ID on your phone in my opinion now, is basically a useless oh, yes. tool because spoofing allows people to uh, appropriate somebody else's good name. Yes. And, and it sounds I've like it's it. coming from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes, and even the really, first three digits of your phone number, so that, you pick it up. That, it's yep, weird. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's, um, that little safety factor we thought we had is now It's gone. gone. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Again, if you feel like you've been um, scammed or approached by a scam artist, we have... Um, law enforcement authority here and we actually can prosecute um, folks um, sometimes it's misunderstandings and we certainly don't go any criminal level mm-hmm. if it's a misunderstanding we sure. try to get things worked out um, but if it's an out and out criminal operation um, we have that option to go through the criminal remedy so uh, again uh, an informed giver we say check before you write one yeah <laughs> you can go to our website you can look up the charities that are registered in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and it gives you valuable information. You ought to be asking, now, how much really goes to supporting the homeless or the, the animal shelter mm-hmm. or what have you uh, versus administrative costs? Mm-hmm. And if uh, you find either from their answers or from our website, because I would say go check yep. if, to make sure, because some of those people are just paid people on the phone to be calling. Right. They're, they're not going to give you good information. Right. Uh, in some cases, I don't want to say all, but you know, yeah, go check. And if you find that only twenty percent goes to the actual charity and eighty percent goes to overhead costs, I don't think people want their charitable dollars spent that way. They want 
the reverse. They want a higher percentage to go to the actual charity mm-hmm. and a lower percentage to go to administrative costs. I would definitely agree. Yeah. yeah. And if you need to check out that website, it's sosnc.gov, sosnc.gov, or you can call 919-814-5400. We've got Secretary of State Elaine Marshall here on the program, and we've got more topics that we're going to discuss with her. I know we're going to get into advanced directives in just a little bit. Stick around. You're listening to uh, Aging Matters, Care and Comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, Care and Comfort that Surrounds You on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Aging Matters, Care and Comfort that Surrounds You, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find more about them online at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Claggett, special guest this evening, Secretary of State Elaine Marshall, and we've uh, gone through a round robin of topics and we've got a, a few more to try and squeeze in here, uh, Madam Secretary. So, um, you know, a popular topic here on the on the program is advanced directives, and I know that uh, your website sosnc.gov makes uh, finding information about these uh, very very easy. Uh, yes, I'm very very grateful the General Assembly let us do this. Um, if you go to the opening of the website, you will just click on advanced healthcare directives. That's the general category of these things, and you can get the forms for free. You don't have to go consult with a professional on this. We also have frequently asked questions about how to fill them out. The only one that's a little bit tricky is the um, living will Mm -hmm. uh, because that has to be notarized. It has to be witnessed by people who are not interested in whether or not you live or Or die. die. Let's put it in its boldest terms there. (laughs) Not conflicted individuals. Right, exactly, exactly. There are four types that can be deposited with us. The health care power of attorney, that's mm-hmm. giving somebody the right to make decisions when you can't. Then there's the advanced directly directive for mental health treatment. That's a power of attorney for mental health mm-hmm. treatment. That is the one that a lot of people don't realize exists, and it is a very helpful tool. The next one is official title, desire for uh, declaration of desire for a natural death, mm-hmm. commonly called the living will. And then the last one is the declaration of an anatomical gift, which is commonly called an organ donor card. Mm -hmm. Now, these are deposited with us. There's a small fee of $10 per item. They are on a separate, safe, secure server that only hospitals can get into and you can get into it with your passcode information. We give you an ID. We give you a password. Pin type. Pin type thing, yes. Uh, And um, they're available 24-7. This is the kind of ID that we want you to not keep secret, <laughs> in <Yes>. essence. <laughs> uh, I tell people, put it on your refrigerator uh-huh. door, make sure that your bridge club, your church circle, keep it in your, wallet. your, your fishing <laughs> buddies, keep it in your wallet, yeah. your family, all know that you have this. And it can be then accessed at a time when medical people might need it. Yeah, typically we're not going to have a medical incident when all of our documents are sitting on our laps. That's exactly right. (laughs) And, you know, people want to give them to their doctor. Trust me, you are not going to be under the care of your local physician that you've used for years. At 3 (laughs) a.m. Right. When a medical emergency comes up, you're going to be in a hospital emergency room or you're going to be inpatient under the care of 
one or more doctors who you've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is the time when you can speak even if you don't have an active voice at the time. And people tell me it relieves so many family tensions because frequently the question will be life support or right. removal from life support. And one family member will say, I know mama or daddy didn't want to be left this way. And the other will say, I never heard that. And there becomes conflict between the children or other family members mm-hmm. that is very, very difficult and you can't if ever that. to overcome you know and and i would and i would definitely say that aside from having these documents which is great um some are more detailed than others is you really need to have the conversation with your family besides have the documents so you need to have the documents you need to tell your family with no uncertain terms what you want and what you don't want and you need to choose who your agent for health care is very wisely and i think one of the things that happens to families often is that they choose who they feel like they have to choose because they don't want to hurt feelings like you may choose a spouse and maybe your spouse isn't going to be able to operate in that type of a crisis situation as well as you'd like, or maybe they really couldn't follow through on what your wishes are because they so desperately want you to stay when you Mm -hmm. want to go. Um, So you really need to think that through because that really can cause a lot of confusion around um, medical crises. Well, this is a perfect time for us to be having this program because families do get together over the holidays coming up, uh, whether it's about charitable giving, whether it's about investments, whether it's about future care for somebody within the family. And this is not just a senior citizen issue. This is a young person's mm-hmm. issue who have children. Yep. What's going to happen to them if you're both injured and mm-hmm. incapacitated or worse, death in an accident of some mm-hmm. sort? Yep. You know, who's going to be the caregiver? Um, so there are a lot of serious issues out there, and people just need to have those, you know, not talk about politics, but talk about family relationships. <laughs> Which is probably even more complicated. <laughs> could, could, could be, but it's a conversation well worth having. Definitely. Well, thank you for shedding some light on that one. I know you have a really big one to talk about as well. Right. Uh, we have found, uh, with the help of the Food and Drug Administration and the federal government, that uh, we know that a lot of people are buying their medicines online. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are searching for Canadian pharmacies. Again, I'm using those air Getting quotes cheap. because they're they're worried about how far their, their money's going to go. The Food and Drug Administration has found that 97, a high number, 97% of those are fakes. Uh, the people that are promoting these, you know, The one, pharmacies are fakes? The website pharmacy wow. fa- is fake, yes. Uh, they're not really in Canada. They're just maybe counterfeiters who are bringing these things from Asia or South America, and then they're getting mailed from Canada, but that's part of the syndicate operation that's going on. Wow. Fake medicines are a real problem, and I know that people are um, uh, trying to stretch their money. There is now a tool. Um, we have partnered with the federal uh, with an institute called Verify Before You Buy, and that's the website. Just put the words together, verifybeforeyoubuy.org. Okay. And um, there has been a foundation put together to do this. Uh, I first want to say the members of the foundation, there is not a pharmaceutical company at all in it. It is not a pharmaceutical operation. The companies are folks like uh, FedEx, uh, Google, Microsoft. It is people who, companies that are into electronic commerce mm-hmm. as an infrastructure. 
but not into the selling of drugs. Mm, now, he, hmm. now, here in North Carolina, we've developed our own foundation, our own group, which is put together with the Retail Merchants Association, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, Wake uh, Tech, uh, the Nursing Association, the Association of Family Physicians, AARP, all of those people have come to realize what the problem the problem exists out there. Mm-hmm. And I've known it for a long time, but I never like to raise fear on the part of somebody without a solution because yeah. you and I can't tell fake medicine unless it's a really, really bad fake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you do on this is if you say it's cholesterol and you're putting up cholesterol medicine on your Google search and this alleged Canadian pharmacy pops up, what you need to do is take your your copy and paste button is copy that URL and then go to the verify before you buy and paste that in. Don't type because you're You're going to mess it up. (laughs) Just copy and paste. Uh And it will tell you if that pharmacy is a legitimate pharmacy, if it is a rogue pharmacy, or if they can't tell. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that if your insurance company has told you you must buy from this pharmacy and you order it online and then it comes shipped to you. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a more controlled environment. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about somebody just going out there trying to get save some money, save some money for blood pressure, cholesterol. They're in that donut hole, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. or lifestyle drugs. Okay, <laughs> the purple pill. <laughs> the purple, no, no, no. The blue Cialis or Viagra. Those lifestyle. Yeah, right. Here's what people need need to know. Those have gone. We haven't seen the bathtubs sitting there on the lakeside anymore <laughs> because they're no longer on patent. Uh, yeah. g- the generic yeah. is available. Yeah. I have seen information for both Viagra and Cialis in dosages that don't exist. That you know, uh, to lower the price, lower the you know, oh just my. what have you. It is a scam, folks. So um, please do this. Check out this. Verify before you buy. Because when you're given your credit card number to pay for these, you're giving it to some scam artist. Scam artist, right? You don't know how the medicine was made. Uh, we see sometimes no active ingredient in it. Uh, sometimes we see too much active yeah. ingredient in it. Uh, sometimes we see artificial and toxic things because uh, highway paint has. I have a video in my office of highway paint being used in making some medicines. Oh my goodness. To uh, be the right color, huh? Yeah, to be the right color. <laughs> oh, and people touching it without gloves and stuff as they package these things. Mm. Um, just on and on and on. Um, it, it's just a problem. And when doctors have, have now have their eyes open because when they prescribe a medicine that they know is supposed to do something for somebody and then that person comes back three weeks later and they're not better, the doctor thinks, what in the world? Did they not take it right. correctly? Could they not get the prescription filled? Mm-hmm. What have you? And now a thought is they bought it online, and doctors are begin, beginning to ask this question and share this information wow. about verify before you buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that often. <laughs> verify before, before you, you buy. buy. <laughs> org, uh, or check my website out and um, to see if if they're dealing with a, a bad pharmacy. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is this a medicine that now has been in a, a truck somewhere and it got 150 degrees inside, mm-hmm. you know, or does right. is this something that needs refrigeration and hadn't gotten that? You know, you just don't know. Right. Yeah. You right. just don't know. It's a big risk. That's the scary part, and that's exactly why you should go to verifybeforeyoubuy.org. You can also check out the uh, Secretary of State's website, sosnc.gov is the website, and you can call 919 814 
5400. Secretary of State Elaine Marshall, thank you so much for your time this evening. I know you uh, spent a lot of time out here with us, and we really, really appreciate that. Well, these are all important topics. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Transitions Life Care at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're switching gears here a little bit, and we're uh, going to re-address a topic that we've talked about a few times, and that's the subject of family care homes. You know, we sure are. We have our amazing guest with us today, Kaylin Piper with the Enclave, and she is the administrator there. She's really brought with us, uh, brought with her some great useful ideas for how you as a caregiver at home can really engage a loved one. Um, You know, oftentimes we get into the monotony when we're at home with a family member and it's just the same old thing day in and day out and you're not really sure how to freshen up that conversation. And I think Kaylin really brought with her some ideas for how to keep that conversation fresh, whether the person has a cognitive impairment or not. So welcome. Well, hello. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So you are going to be talking to us a little bit about reminiscing. Yes, it is real life storytelling. That's awesome. So give us some examples. And you know, my very first job, um, out of college was actually, it was titled Reminiscence Coordinator. <laughs> and so it was a fancy name for activities yes, director, yeah. but, but but I kind of like that name. It sounded very professional for a 20 like something. Yeah. <laughs> I might use it. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about that though. Well, basically, like I said, reminiscing is storytelling at its greatest. A lot of us have like rich histories mm-hmm. that no one actually gets to see. It's not like our memories are taped down and people can watch them. So the best way is to actually get around with your family, with your friends, with young people, old people, and tell stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the best things that I think are uh, stories that, you know, from the past where you bring up your touch, your sense of smell, uh, taste. Involve all the senses. Exactly. So it's kind of like someone can tell you about their grandmother, mm-hmm. like they can remember walking down the downstairs on Christmas morning and smelling that cornbread in the air, or smelling the baked macaroni and cheese and feeling the itchy clothes that their mom made them wear. And yeah. it's kind of like when you pinpoint that moment, uh-huh. it kind of it's uh, how, what, how do I want to say this? It allows the person to know that they they have lived, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a big part of who we are. Definitely. Who we were actually helps who we are today. Definitely. And a lot of people don't don't actually, you know, look in the look to the past. You know, I think my daughter, she's six years old and she has this memory and it is, I know when she's 90 years old, she's going to be talking about this and and it's just going to be one of those ones that sticks with her. We have, we live in a very small town in Johnston County and you're allowed to drive your golf cart on the street if you have a permit and we have, we do have a permit so you can check. We have a permit. And so I'm going to double check that. We can check with the secretary of state. I don't know if she does permitting for golf carts, but she's probably involved in that somehow. Uh, But um, so we take our little golf cart and we drive it 
right down the road and we go to the ice cream shop called Darlene's and we get an ice cream. And we do this maybe once a month. But to her, she's always like, maybe we can take the golf cart to go to Darlene's. So I know when she's 80, that's an example of a story that she's going to tell her grandchildren and they're all going to think, imagine a time when you could ride to a golf cart to to an ice cream store. I don't even know if we're going to have stores anymore. I think everything's just going to get shipped by Amazon probably. But Just think horse and buggy. (laughs) Yes. Horse and buggy was the golf cart before the golf cart. Yeah. So yeah, there's, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Definitely, definitely. And so, you know, I think too, you know, so that works really well, you know, try having a, an, an older adult draw upon memories of the past and retelling those. And it really, it's amazing how that can really engage small children too, because I think sometimes you, you feel like in a family that there's this huge gap between, you know, the older person and then the younger children. And I think that storytelling time is an awesome way to really, you know, make some memories for those younger kids and utilizing maybe some artifacts from the home. Yeah. To tell that story. Yes. One thing that they, um, I did a little bit of research uh-huh. and reminiscing. Um, great ways to kind of start the conversation is kind of have photo albums. Yes. If not photo albums, recipes. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't have to cook the recipes, if you just take them out. And for me, I have recipes that my grandmother actually sat down and she wrote. Yes, So it's me like, too. I see mm-hmm. her handwriting. With the stains from yes, cooking yes, on them. And it's Close like, to the oh, best. I bet that's vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's a little brown, so I hope that's right, what it is. Right, right, right. <laughs> hope it is. But I feel like um, that, like, arts and crafts are definitely, like, have you ever heard of a shadow box? Yes. Um, that's where uh, it's a big box that you put things that are meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has a glass front so you can look at it and see all the things that kind of like self-validation, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, to know that you live. And that works particularly well if you have a loved one who is a veteran. You know, having some of those medals or ribbons that they wore or photos of the time during during a war. And I think that's a great way to kind of open up a story to um, some of the past memories of that as well. Definitely. And I know this is supposed to be talking about senior care, but (laughs) um, there actually was a, I want to say a day where um, people recognize... um, people that have miscarriages and things like Mm -hmm. that. That's another way to kind of reminisce about your child, even though, you know, they aren't alive. So shadow boxes, I feel like, do are way more for everybody. They're particularly meaningful. Yes. So, and I think too, you know, if let's talk a little bit a person with a cognitive impairment, I, you know, uh, and I think for those who are, are, are struggling with that or, or walking through that challenge with a loved one, um, in the beginning, it's very confusing because they can remember, it seems like, well, well, how can they remember something from 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 80 years ago, but they can't remember what they had for breakfast. And that gets to be a point yes. of frustration for a family. So I think sometimes, you know, bringing up those photo albums and, you know, having pictures of people in the past, because a lot of times the people with dementia, as they sort of regress back in time as the um, disease affects various parts of the brain, they remember pictures of themselves as younger people. And so some of those memories just come flooding back. And they're able to point out, you know, various different people in their past. And one thing I always recommend that families do, I mean, we all walk around with these smartphones everywhere we go now. You can really record some of these stories, video record, audio record, and that could just be such a treasured keepsake for the future. Oh, yeah. Um, One thing that they do say about aging, you know, and as you age, you actually lose things that were, you know, a sense of self, Mm -hmm. like your friends, your family, your house. But through reminiscing, you can kind of still keep them alive. Mm -hmm. So I just always think like, you may not have it, may not be tangible, Mm -hmm. but if it's in your mind and you can remember, see pictures, 
it's still always with you. And reminiscing is truly a part of what's more formally known as a life review process. So no matter who you are, as you get closer to the end of your life, even if you're in your 30s or 40s and you have a terminal diagnosis, people start going through a very clinical term of life review. And there's this desire to retell, relive stories, have closure. And so allowing, you know, being creative and giving that older adult an opportunity to share those stories is also helping them sort of foster that end of life experience and making that a very positive experience for them as well. Definitely. And as you say that, there is a the owner of the International Institute for Life Review. Mm -hmm. And what he actually says, I'll paraphrase, is that um, a human's innate need is to be remembered Mm -hmm. and to do good. Yep. So if you can do those two things, Mm -hmm. you know, you're you're validated as self. You are a person that has done you that, know, what they came here to that do. That made a mark, yes, for sure. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about the Enclave. You know, what it, what exactly is it, and how do people find out more information if they want to get involved? Ooh, I like that question. I know <laughs> all the answers to that one. <laughs> well, um, the Enclave is a family care home. Okay. Uh, we will have three locations by the end of next year. Okay. Um, long story short, uh, my grandfather actually had Alzheimer's, um, and my dad had made a home care agency. He became the franchisor. And 20 years later, he came to me and my brother, and he asked, he's like, what do you want to do to change the idea of senior care? Mm-hmm. Because I've noticed with younger people, everybody knows you're getting old, but nobody really cares about getting old. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, why not a family care home? Mm-hmm. Why? Because we are so in tune with our family, for one. And two, we want to be able to give that sense of family and belonging and wanting to those seniors that don't actually have it. Uh, so one of the things that we are doing is specializing in dementia and Alzheimer's care. Great, great. Um, and like I said, uh, it's been a slow process, but our first home should open early 2019. Okay. And then the other two should um, subsequently follow after that. Awesome. So we're pretty excited. Yeah, well, congratulations. So if folks want to find out more information, take a tour, where do they go? Um you can't take a tour because it's not built yet. But oh. you can definitely, <laughs> you can definitely uh, give me a call or email me. Okay. Uh, and you, we'll, we'll put your email okay. address up. What's your phone number? My phone number is 919-948-4858. Awesome. Excellent. That's 919-948-4858 to get a hold of Kaylin Piper with The Enclave. Thank you so much for joining us this Thank evening. Thank you for having me. This was actually not as bad as I thought. <laughs> That should be the tagline of the show. Not, this is not, not as bad as, not as, bad as we thought. Because no, aging very does kind of matter. Yeah, that's right. It does matter. A special thank you to our, our guest earlier this evening, the Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall. Again, if you want to find more information about the items that she discussed, sosnc.gov is the website to go to. we got to get out of here. We are out of time for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. It, it really means a lot to us, and we hope you'll do it again next Saturday at 7. It's Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of transitions live care on news radio 680 wptf have a great night you've been listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you on news radio 680 wptf for more information log on transitionslifecare.org